Hello, 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 and welcome to Decolonizing the Blockchain, where we talk about Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, and all things that have to do with digital currencies. Um, My name is Sika, and I am talking to you from the beautiful eastern part of the country. I'm actually in the northeast, and I'm going to introduce my wacky co-host, Molly, who is on the opposite part of the seaboard in California. So, Molly, how are you today? I'm doing well, thank you, Sika. Good. So, today's topic, we're going to talk about the actual returns that you get from digital currencies versus the stock markets. And I know this is like a little bit of a controversial topic because, you know, cryptocurrencies are a volatile asset. You have to actually, before you invest in it, understand that it can drop really low and lose its value um, based on just a a few moves in the market or something happening within the regulatory environment, or it can go up really high because a lot of people are speculating. So before you invest, understand that, you know, you are dealing with a highly volatile asset. And for us, we tend to buy, we tend to use the buy and hold strategy, but there are people out there that do day trade it um, and really capitalize on that volatility. Um, If you decide that's the route you're going to go, fine. Um, Today, what we're going to actually talk about is just the returns. So how does it, how do the returns on cryptocurrencies compare to the stock market and what you find in the capital markets? So with that said, um, Maui, you love to talk about this. So I'm going to give you a lot of space to talk today. And then I'm probably just going to interject when you start getting a little too excited. So let's let's go um, and start off with Bitcoin. So let's talk about the past um, 10 years, the average layer. So what in your estimation, has been the average return on Bitcoin over the past 10 years? Okay, uh, this is easy because that data is publicly available and we have a link to it uh, on our blog. So whoever wants to follow up can look up the our references later. But anyway, uh, for the past 10 years, Bitcoin has averaged a return of about uh, 891%, so roughly 900%. The stock market, which is uh, S&P 500, top 500, have done about um, 11% on average. So that's a comparison, 900% versus 11%. And that's the rate, the retain, um, the return on investment. Yeah, so if I put $1,000 into the stock market over the past 10 years, I'd be making about $100 a year in profit. Whereas if I put it into Bitcoin over the past uh, 10 years, on average, I'd be uh, making about, what, 10 times of that, $10,000 a year. And remember, I, I want to put this. I want to put this disclaimer out because there are people out there who are retail traders, and they make a lot more than ten percent a year. So our assumption there is that you're buying and holding crypto, or you're buying and holding stocks, and you're not doing anything to it. You're just letting the stocks mature. And so that average, that return on investment, is what we're doing the comparison. Yep, this is for ten years. Yep, but it's just a buy and hold strategy with. This does not apply to stocks where they are traded um, off of the volatility. 
So there are people out there that are retail traders that will probably put us to task. And I want to put that disclaimer out there. Okay. So with that said, um, what is the potential price of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies? Uh, Bitcoin potential price, 10 million. So where are you getting this figure from? Because I, it actually dropped in value. It's probably dropped in value probably 40% over the last like month. So how are you coming up with that figure? Uh, this, and we, we also have a reference for that, but uh, when, so the first uh, post that Satoshi made on the forum, somebody responded and did some analysis, um, basically saying Bitcoin has 21 million units. And you compare that to like the amount of wealth that is sitting in gold and bonds derivatives, about 200, uh, what, trillion? If Bitcoin consumes a certain percentage of that, it will hit 10 million and still keep going. Okay. And so yeah. they, I guess the, the um, underlying basis for that reasoning is that the Federal Reserve has been printing so much money, even though the CPI says inflation is 5%, they've devalued the currency they've printed about, since 20, 2020, for example, they've gone more than 50% of the current uh, money supply. So, that's so I'm going to just interrupt you there. So for those of you who don't know, the CPI is the Consumer Price Index. And it's basically just composed of what is supposed to be the things people need to track the inflation. But they've picked things to the point where like fuel is not, is not included. So even though there's inflation in fuel, the CPI doesn't reflect it. Okay, so we're getting into the kind of economics realm and we don't want to make our listeners' eyes glaze over. So let's come back to the, to the investment. All I'm trying to say is that um, you, you don't need a complex thing. All you know is that they've, like, literally, we all received stimulus. They printed the money. That is um, the inflation we're talking about. And it's around 20%. So what that means um, is that, uh, so this guy was making the uh, argument that he had $500 million in the bank, their company. But at 20%, it means they had less than 10 years before their money would lose pretty much all of its purchasing value. So that, for, that forces them to chase investments that can perform higher than the inflation rate. And right now, it's only Bitcoin that can cut that uh, hurdle. And so basically, everybody's going to follow suit and move their money into Bitcoin, which means it will hit that 10 million mark just because gold alone is 15 trillion and Bitcoin right now is at 1 trillion. Yeah, but I mean, like, there are cryptocurrencies out there that are worth more than Bitcoin. Like, I'm thinking about urine finance. Um, there's, they're worth right now, even with the crash in the market, they still are worth more than Bitcoin. So, uh, so the crypto market cap is about one point, say, one point five billion uh, trillion, and Bitcoin represents one one trillion out of that. It basically dominates all the cryptos by about sixty percent. Okay, so let's. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let that one go, and we can discuss this in another episode. Um, let's actually hit the last point, which we want to kind of make sure we touch on, um, with Bitcoin, which are some of the actual um, transaction fees that are actually associated with it, because maybe some of our listeners don't know that they're actual. Um, monetary cost to trading Bitcoin. Um, so let's let's dive into there before we actually um, close this out. So stock market does have fees just when you're investing in the stocks. 
Um, there are fees that you pay to brokers um, to actually buy the stock. Um, it's the same thing with um, the acquisition of actual cryptocurrencies. There are transaction fees. Let's talk a little bit about that, um, Maui. So okay, okay. Um, so right before I talk about that, uh, I'd like to just add a different perspective to the potential uh, question you asked earlier. And that different perspective is that um, right now, world population is about um, 8 billion, and the number of Bitcoin uh, users is like less than 1% of that. Um, so what that means is if we've come 1% and we've seen like 10x every year for 10 years, so let's say the next 1% will last another 10 years. It means this thing is going to keep going on for a, a pretty long time. So basically, okay. you're doing 10x every year for the next 10 years. Like, it's it means the opportunity is still there. So the potential is still there. You can get, say, uh, 1,000% of money for the next 10 years easily, and Bitcoin will still hit like 2% of the population. So that's, your, that's gonna, the other perspective. I'm going to beg to, I'm going to actually not, let's not nerd out on this today. I want to actually go back to the point of the fees. Um, I think you make some good points, but I'm gonna disagree with you on that on on some of your points. You should you should share it. You should share it. We can nerd out on it in a different episode. So let's go back to the issue of the fees, the transaction fees. So um, some of the issues that Bitcoin has are there are high transaction fees that are associated with it. So same thing with Ethereum and some of the other cryptos. So let's talk through that a little bit. So Bitcoin, what are the transaction fees involved with it? Um, right now, the fees are around $1, but before that, it was around um, $5 to $20. Depending on how much you were moving. Um, no, depending on the, uh, traffic density, Okay. because it's, it's kind of based on, um, you're competing. So you decide what fee to choose, which means there's always someone who will beat higher than you. Right. And let's not forget that Bitcoin actually, um, it wasn't designed to actually, um, process a large amount of transactions because the originators, um, really wanted it to be a peer to peer um, digital currency. So because of the data that's actually a, attached to the blockchain, the data size is very small. It's I think Bitcoin, I've read somewhere that it's only designed to actually um, take on 10 transactions per second. And when you talk about MasterCard, Visa, even um, PayPal, they do, I think, close to like almost over a million per second. So it gives you a better sense of like, why the transaction fees are high and it's because of the simple fact that it it's it's baked into the design of the actual cryptocurrency it's not supposed to be commercialized at least um the original founders that was their thought processes behind there you go to bitcoin.org it will tell you it's an experiment yeah and and i think to some degree um I have to actually agree with the Bitcoin purists who say, you know, like we should keep it as it originally is, because when you start to really play with it, it actually takes the value that you were talking about earlier away. But that's my opinion. Um, so with that said, um, last point there, can you tell us a little bit about the Lightning Network, which is sort of the technology that underlies 
um, Bitcoin itself? Yeah, um, so uh, Lightning Network is a, a way of uh, sidestepping the whole um, transaction volume problem. And the way um, what they're doing is something that is already being done by the banks. So, for example, when you send money to someone's account, usually sometimes it takes like a day because what happens is every night they reconcile all the transactions with the central bank clearing house and then everybody gets their money. So the next day it shows up in your bank account. Um, so Visa can do, you know, one million transactions per second because like it's not going anywhere that day yet. It's going to reflect the next day. Like banks, they do that. So what Lightning Network does is it allows you to transact outside of the Bitwork network securely, but not as secure as Bitcoin, but secure enough that you can do transactions and you pay like one cent or less than one cent most of the time. So like super fast, it's instant and it's super cheap, right? And what they do is um, every or how, the people who are running the servers, whenever whatever time they choose, they can close what they call a channel and then all the transactions get written to Bitcoin in one block, like in a in bulk. So whereas uh, one million transactions, if you're paying one dollar per transaction, that's one million dollars in transaction fees. You can batch them all into one transaction and pay one dollar. That's what the Net Lightning Network does. Very cool. So I actually am just learning something today by talking to you. So hopefully all you folks listening out there in the ether, you've also learned a ton by listening to this episode. We thank you for spending the last 15 minutes with us and learning a little bit more about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in general. We bid you a lovely day or a lovely night, depending on when, when you're listening to this. And we hope you come back and join us for another episode. With that said, peace out, yo. Mm -hmm.